0: So this is what we're going to do. This is a complete teaching morning. This is not a morning to get you inspired and encouraged and run out the door and rah, rah, rah. This is a morning where I'm just going to walk through and teaching what is fasting. Why do we fast? And then I want to look at just some simple examples in both the scriptures and church history and even the life of the plants. Amen? Amen. So let's do this. There's three things that we think about with fasting. What is fasting? Is fasting a commandment in Scripture? Okay? Notice how I said that really slowly? There's something there. And lastly, what is the purpose of fasting? First of all, when I say, you know, what does it mean to fast? Fast. Just let me ask you, when you hear the word fasting, what's the first thing you think of? First thing? Abstaining. Abstaining. What else? Sacrifice. What else? Deprivation. What's that? Deprivation. Deprivation. Torture. Yes, torture. My son said torture. What else? Think about history, throughout history. Who do you think of most when you hear the word fasting? <coughs> who? Jesus. Who else? Who? Okay, who else? Let's think about people outside the Bible. Gandhi. Gandhi. When we think about fasting, if you're not really from the plant, you think about Gandhi. You think about this Eastern religion that is all about depriving yourself for a purpose, for a cause, that people are giving something up to prove something, To make a statement. Do you remember that with Gandhi? That when you remember that scene with with, with Gandhi, if you ever watched the movie of Gandhi, that, that all of a sudden he was standing before people and he was making his plea, his point. And so often when we think about fasting, we think about Eastern religions. We think about the Eastern world. We think about those people, those more spiritual individuals, those people from third world countries that have reasons to fast right? Isn't that fair to say? We think about fasting as, as this idea that, that, that it's unhealthy, that it causes problems in us physically, that if I was to fast that I'm going to cause damage to my body, right? Don't we think that if we don't eat for one day that we're going to die? Anyone ever feel that way? Okay. What happens if you don't eat for two days? You're going to die? Anyone feel that way? Anyone ever fast for three days? Do you feel like you're about to die? Yes, I had a friend who did a 40-day fast, and on his last fast, he ate McDonald's. I'm like, that's how you kill yourself, Dave Fowler. Anyone know Dave Fowler? It's right there. Okay? Sorry, I had to call him out. But in that, we think that when we fast, that it's dangerous, that it's unhealthy, that it's going to do something bad that we can't work. That, that everything in life is going to shut down. And, and actually, that's not true. Because if you study health and you study the medical world, fasting is actually very good for you. Matter of fact, fasting allows our body to go through a time of detoxing and a time of cleansing. Bill Seitzma, Bill's been going through a little bit of cleansing as we know right now. And in this... Fasting is actually healthy, not only for our bodies, but for our souls. And so when you look at fasting and you look at people who are trying to get healthy again, when you see people that are trying to to get their life in order medically, oftentimes doctors will even have them do a fast. You see, you're not going to die when you fast. Fasting is an opportunity for the body, for the mind, for the soul to go through a time of detoxing and cleansing. It's a time when everything that you focus on in our day, and let's be honest, one of the hardest parts for me during this fast right now is my coffee. Because my coffee is my binky, it's my pacifier. It's a thing that sits in my hand when I counsel people. It's a thing in my hand when I'm driving down the street. It's a thing that's in my hand that that when I'm angry or frustrated, it gives me some kind of comfort. For others, it might be a cigarette. For others, it might be a a donut. For others, it might be something else. But, But in this, fasting is actually an opportunity that we stop and we begin to center our lives on Jesus And not only our hearts and our minds, but actually our bodies. That we're saying, God, in this moment, I'm going to stop everything and I'm going to trust that you are going to bring clarity to me. It's funny because your body will go through a detox and it's always day three. Whenever you do a one-day fast, your body can, you can kind of push through a one-day fast. But when you get to day three, your body starts going into changes. Your legs start cramping. Your stomach starts hurting. Your breath gets really, really bad, okay? So when you're fasting for three days, do not see anyone day three. But in this, your body is going through a detox because it's taking all of that crud that is sitting in you, all the toxins And it's saying, we don't like this in us. So let me ask you a question. How many of you on Friday or Saturday were feeling uncomfortable? Anyone? Okay. Anyone? On Friday or Saturday, your body, if you were doing a a full Daniel fast, your body was going through changes that is saying, I don't like what you're doing to me, but it's the healthiest thing you can do. And so your body starts pushing all of this crud out. So that it can bring healing and regeneration to it. So let's ask this question Is fasting a commandment? I think it's better said this Is fasting in the Bible? Because if we know it's in the Bible, we know it's important, correct? If we know that God's people had fasted and that it's not only in the Old Testament, but it's in the New Testament, we know that there's something there that we as Christians, as the church is supposed to learn. So in scripture, there are five different fasts that's talked about. Can we flash them on the screen? Five different fasts. First is the normal fast, abstaining from food. It's a fast when, when Jesus had said, Jesus ate nothing during those days and at the end of them was hungry. Really, Jesus. At the end of not eating, he was really, really hungry. A normal fast is when all you do is drink water. Most people look at a normal fast as a one-day fast where they'll stop and all they'll do is they'll drink water all day long. Some will do it for three days. Some will do it for seven days. Some will do it for more. An absolute fast, abstaining from food and water, normally no more than three days. Now, the problem is, after three days, this form of fast is deadly. If you are not to eat or drink for more than seven days, you will be in a very dangerous situation. Let's look at this. For three days, Paul was blind. Go back. For three days, Paul was blind and did not eat or drink anything. We see this with Moses. We see this with the people of Israel. We see this all throughout Scripture, where people had fasted for three days with no food or water. Now, I will say this this is not something you dive into easily. I did this one time. One time in my life, I fasted for three days where I drank nothing and ate nothing. And it was very, very difficult. It was not something I did overnight. It was something that I progressed into because I knew that God was having to speak something deeply to my soul. I knew that it was a time of, of my ministry life, of my family life, of my time of my marriage, that, that there was something that God had to speak into me that I was unable to hear clearly. So I stopped everything and I said, God, for three days, I'm all yours. I'm all yours. But this is actually something you have to be very, very careful of. Next one, the third kind, partial. Restricting diet or diet of certain foods or a meal a day. So the guard took away their choice food and wine. They were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. We see this in the book of Daniel. And this is where the Daniel fast comes from. Twice, matter of fact, three times in the book of Daniel, Daniel fasted. We only think about two times in in chapter 1 and chapter 10, but actually in chapter 9, Daniel fasted also. And so all throughout Daniel's life, he did these fasts that that were partial fasts, that he would only eat that which was healthy, not that which was unclean, fruits and vegetables. He also did a fast, the Daniel fast in Daniel chapter 10, which was fruits, vegetables, and grains. And so this is what we're doing over this 21 days. We're asking people that, yes, if you want to do a partial fast of restricting, maybe it's just giving up something that, that is holding you tight. I talked to a friend this week, and, and he never fasted before, and, and he's like, I just don't know if I can do this. This is, a, this is, this is really pushing me out of my comfort zone. So I said to him, well, what's that one thing? What's that one thing that you'd like to run to for comfort? He said, beer. I said, then do this. For 21 days, abstain from alcohol. Huh? For 21 days, just abstain. You see, the whole idea of fasting, it's a condition of the heart. It's not about proving what you can or can't do as a man or a woman, but it's saying, God, these are the vices I run to. These are the things that, that give me most comfort. And I was so proud of him because he said, you know what? I can do that. I love this story about Eddie Scherer, the first time we ever did the fast, the 21-day fast. He says, Rabbi, I can't do that whole partial thing, but here's what I can do. I'm going to give up meat and alcohol. And actually giving up meat and alcohol that year revolutionized his spiritual life. And every year he keeps growing in it. Every year he keeps going deeper with Jesus. Every year he, he has learned to trust. And I really believe that it began the day to say, here's my two vices. Not that Eddie was an alcoholic. He's not. Not that Eddie is some obese guy. He's not. He's saying, these are my comforts that I cling to, that I want to hold on to. That during 21 days, I can say, I want to begin to learn to listen differently. I want to learn to have clarity so that God can speak to me in a new way. Fourth, regular fast. Fast days that commemorate an event or weekly fasts on a regular day. Day of atonement, a fast day, festivals twice a week. When you look all throughout scripture, the feasts, the Passover, all of those times are seasons of fasting where the people of Israel and the early church stopped and said, for this day, we are going to give up. From sunup to sundown, we are going to give up. I'm sorry, sundown to up. we are going to give up and trust that God is going to speak to his people. And lastly, a public fast. Fast called to times of special need and emergency. Examples. Ezra returning the exiles. Nineveh as a result of Jonah's preaching. Remember when Jonah went to the Ninevites and he called down repentance and the king said, everyone stop and worship the God of Jonah. Worship Him. No eating, no drinking. Let's stop and pray that God would forgive our land. And God forgave their land. And there are times that there are emergencies that even in the life of the plant that we've asked the leadership team to stop, to fast, whether it be for someone or something, we've said as a leadership team, let's take this day and pray. And God, in those times, has always shown up. So we think about Scripture and we think about the Bible and we think about the Word of God and and we see fasting throughout it. We see it all the way from the beginning all the way to the end that God is speaking to His people that this is one of the ways, this is one of the means of focusing on me, on focusing on my direction, on focusing on learning to hear my whisper, on focusing on how. To know my will. But all throughout church history, people had fasted. John Wesley, the guy who started the Methodist movement, had that group of people fast every Wednesday and Friday. Do you know by the end of his life how many people came to Jesus? 1.3 million people came to Christ through John Wesley's ministry. Do you know that? Think about it. All throughout the world, John Wesley with a small little group of people saw over a million people in his life find salvation. In 1771, Jonathan Edwards had went into a time of prayer and fasting. And that day after he prayed and fasted, he preached a sermon called Sinners in the Hand of an Angry God. And that broke out revival in Europe. 19, I'm sorry, 1741, Jonathan Edwards, in a day of prayer, of fasting, released revival in Europe. How about in 1756, the king of Britain called for a day of fasting and prayer because there was a, fre- a threat of French invasion. There was a threat that the king had gotten in 1756 that the French were going to invade them. And he stopped the land and he said, we are going to go into a day of prayer and fasting. He said, I never read that in history books because there was no invasion. The invasion did not happen. In 1990, coach Bill McCartney, remember him, Bill McCartney, the guy who coached uh, University of Colorado He was a coach, a college coach, one of the greatest college coaches ever. Even though he was a college athlete, a college coach, and he was a Christian man, he ruined his family. He was a horrific father, a horrific husband. And God got a hold of his heart. And he said, no more will you be this father. No more will you be this husband. And Bill McCartney Grab 72 men to take a time of prayer and fasting. And from 1990, even to this day, there was a movement called Promise Keepers where men started stepping up to the plate to be better fathers, be better husbands, to learn to live lives of obedience, to stop cheating and being failures. Men that were going to learn to pray and to seek the hand and face of God. For me, I know in 1993 it was, I went to my first promise keepers with my father. And my father's and mine relationship was forever changed. I think about the life of the plant with prayer and fasting, what we have seen as a church. I remember two years ago, God had called me into a time of prayer and fasting. I didn't tell anyone in the church, but God had set in my heart in September of that year that something's not right in this area. And I went on a fast. It was either 21 or 23 days where where, where God was saying, you need to seek my face for these people. And the whole time I'm thinking it was all about me. And he's like, no, you need to seek my face. And I told my wife, I said, I think something's coming in our area that's not healthy. That's going to be really bad. And it's going to cause pain to people. And she said, please don't say that in church. Spoken like a good wife. Give me some. So I called my good friend, Mark Shishmunyan. And I didn't tell him I was fasting. I said, Mark, I feel like something's coming and I don't know what it is. And I feel like I'm going insane. And he said, Rob, God's been speaking to me too. And so I went into a time of prayer and saying, how do we, pre- how do we prepare the church? Do you know what happened in that October? Hurricane Sandy. Hurricane Sandy. And I remember the Sunday before I told Omar and I told Jeremy, and they said the same thing like, dude, you might have lost your rockers. I said, something's coming. And they said, please, just just wait, just wait. And the Sunday before, we stood up here when we heard bad weather was coming. And do you remember that? For 15 minutes, we took the whole part of that service and we said, how are we going to prepare as a church if our communities hit? Do you know how many people were ministered to through that time? I think about healings in our church, that people have had physical healings, emotional healings, spiritual healings. Fasting is not just something that's part of Scripture. But as we look at it today and through the course of history, that that it does something in the supernatural. Something is broken that allows God to begin to pour His Spirit into our lives in a whole new way. I'm fortunate that I have a father who fasts. My father has gone through like nine years of, of just hell with business. He was a man that has made tons of money. I grew up with more than I could have ever had. House in Vermont, house in Allendale. My first car was a Jeep. We had every toy you could think about and all of a sudden 9-11 hit and he was one of those guys that just kind of was wiped out. And over this time, I've been praying like, God, I hope this doesn't ruin this man and instead of allowing it to ruin him for the last 9 years he has prayed and fasted and sought god and for 9 years he didn't even see the hand of god and then this year all of a sudden something broke something in the supernatural broke in his soul broke in his life and for me is that's the kind of life that i want to model to my children What about Jesus and fasting? Because one of the arguments is is that Jesus never fasted. That this was not part of the, the New Testament church. That it wasn't part of Acts. And I love how like when we look at scripture, we love to kind of fix it the way that we want. That we'll do everything in the Bible except for the things that are most uncomfortable to us. Amen? Right? Amen? We love the Bible until it really, really doesn't sit right. Well, let me read you a couple, two passages. It says here, and Jesus said in Matthew 6, and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled. So people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, okay, so remember this, okay? Comb your hair, and wash your face. Let me add something. Brush your teeth and use lots of Listerine. Then no one will notice by your stinky breath that you are fasting, except the father who doesn't smell your breath, who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Another one. Jesus said this, one day the disciples and John the Baptist came to Jesus and asked him, Why don't your disciples fast like we do and the Pharisees do? And Jesus replied, Do wedding guests mourn while celebrating with the groom? Of course not. But someday the groom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. You see, fasting is a time of seeking. It's not about having to prove ourselves to God. When we're fasting now, we're we're actually doing a form of spiritual disciplines. And when I think about this, that that when you think about January, unfortunately, that is the only time for most people that think about fasting. But what we've been trying to do is equip you that over the years, that when you come into a place of tension in your life, you will look back to January and see, that's what I need to do. That's what God is asking me to step into. I'm going through a time of difficulties. I'm going through a time of tension. I'm going through a time of trial. And maybe God is asking me to refocus, recenter, recalibrate, re-give my heart back to Him. And that's when fasting is best. The majority of my fasting is when no one knows. These fasts that we do together are a time of discipline and equipping. One of my children over the last two years has gone through some difficulties and I've shared it before just with some medical stuff. And he came to a place of difficulty that he wanted to leave his school. And he said to me, he said, Dad, hey, for the next three weeks, I'm going to fast. I'm like, huh? He's like, I'm going to fast. I'm like, really? Is this a good time? He's like, I have some decisions to make. And that's happened several times in their life. That they said, I'm just going to put away the things that comfort me and I'm just going to focus to begin to hear the voice of Jesus. Do you want your kids to follow Jesus? Are you modeling the Jesus life for them? This morning I woke up and the only prayer I had for was for my kids. We prayed for you all, but not the first thing. Parents, we expect things from our children that are so unforgiving of us because you haven't modeled it. You haven't, you expect it just like our parents expected of, of us, right? Just be good. Just do this. Just do that. Just, and it's like, stop. Are we modeling for our children how to follow Jesus? So let me say this. The purpose of fasting. Moses, direction and guidance. Freeing the captives of the demonic. I love this. There was a time when the disciples were, were there, someone brought this person who was demonized and they were freaking out and going crazy and all of a sudden the disciples prayed and it didn't work. And then went back to Jesus and said, Jesus, it didn't work. And Jesus said, this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting. Have you ever thought about that? That there are things in your life that are stuck, that are not happening because the devil has a stronghold to the point that God is saying, I want to free you. I want to break it. I want to give you liberty. I want to give you freedom. But in this, you have to recalibrate yourself. You have to stop. You have to let me do the work and you stop trying. That's all fasting does. Because when you're fasting, it's not you doing anything. You get zero glory. It's God's work. Breaking of the will. Jesus after the baptism, even Jesus fasted for 40 days to break his will. If Jesus' wills needed to be broken, do you think our wills need to be broken? Do you think our desires need to be broken? Do you think our focuses need to be broken? If Jesus' will needed to be broken, what is God saying to us? I have too many times gone into a fast and I made it all about me. And I made it all about ministry. And I made it all about success. I did this fast one time and I'm giving you these as examples. For 40 days I fasted. I only ate fruits and vegetables. I ate, I lost so much weight. Every week I came to church, people were asking me if I was sick. And it was a nightmare. And I remember the last day of my fast, you think that I would have been used to it. I was crawled up in the ball in the shower and I'm a big guy, I don't fit in showers. Crying, what are you doing? And all I got that whisper I'm just trying to get you alone. What about overcoming addictions? Drinking, smoking, drugs, pornography, sexual sins, sexual addictions. Some of you are wondering why won't these things be broken? Because they're so ingrained in your life that they became a a part of your personality that you can't live without it. Then maybe God is saying, you know what? I want to break this today. You see, when Daniel fasted, Daniel thought he didn't hear the voice of God. But in scripture, it says, when the angel came to Daniel, it said that he said, I heard you from the very moment you began to fast. Some of you may have addictions. Maybe your pride is so full of yourself that people don't like being with you. Maybe you have anger. Maybe you have jealousy. And God is saying, I want to break that in you. I want to take it. I want to smash it. I want to take those addictions in your life and I want to get rid of them. Again, I think it's more the pride and the arrogance and the self-abuse and the pity and the bitterness. Maybe God's saying, I'm sick of that, of your personality. Maybe it's physical, smoking, drinking, drugs, overeating, whatever it is. God is saying, I want to break that. Anyone ever feel that way in their life? Amen. Do you know I've never been drunk or high or stoned in over 20 years? Do you know that? Praise God. Ask Dave. I was a raging lunatic. I couldn't live without being whacked. I couldn't live without having something controlling me. I couldn't live without anything that was my vice. And God, in that moment, started breaking it and tearing it down. And that has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Him. It has to do with repentance. When David committed adultery, he went into a time of fasting. When he committed great sin, he said i got to fast. I've ruined myself. I've ruined my marriage. I've ruined things about me and maybe that's you that, that something's gone on in your life and you just, you can't forgive yourself. And God is saying, just fast. But lastly and most importantly, fasting is about worship. When you fast, it's all about Jesus. It's all about him it's all about who he is. It's all about that he's your creator, that he's your savior, that he's your lord. He's your healer. He's your coming king. It has to do with his will and not your will. It has to do with his plan and not your plan. It has to do with his life and not your life. It has to do with his children and not your children. It has to do with his career and not your career. It has to do with his finances and not your finances. It has to do with the purity of God and not the impurity of yourself. It has to do all with Jesus. And so no matter what you're going to fasting for, direction, freeing, breaking of the will, overcoming addiction, that if you're fasting with a pure and sincere heart, At the end of it, it's going to be about him. And that's the beauty of fasting. I'm going to end it now just because I'm watching the time. Fasting is not something you have to do. Coming to Jesus is something you don't have to do. Living a life of obedience is something you don't have to do. Living a life of purity is something you don't have to do. Having addictions is something you can choose whether or not you want to. You see, that's the attitude of us. But if you want to know God's perfect plan... It only comes through Jesus. If you want to know God's will in your life, it it only comes through knowing him. If you want to know what God's plan is, not only for you but for others. It only comes through seeking the face of God. You see there are consequences for everything, for impurity, for addictions. And we can choose whether or not we want them. But I think there comes a point in all of our lives. Let me say, I I know there comes a point in all of our lives that we're so tired of them that we don't know what to do. I want to challenge you. This is not law. And you may not like it or not, and that's okay. Okay. I want to challenge you for who for those first who are fasting to make this fast about one thing worshiping Jesus. And I want to fast, I want to challenge all of you who have not even started to fast yet. What is God asking you to give? Up for the next two and a half weeks? What is God wanting to recalibrate, recenter, refocus you on? And during this time, your only thought is worshiping Him. Here is my prayer for this fast, and Josh, you guys can come up. That we would become a worshiping community, that we would be men and women and teenagers. And children whose lives are centered on Christ. I tell you the stories about myself not to brag because I hate fasting. I tell you them because I'm not going to ask you where I have not gone. For those of you who have had addictions and I've done counseling with you, I ask you to really think about stopping them because. I've stopped them through the power of Jesus. When I talk about marriage, I talk to you in a way that that my wife and I are always working and fine-tuning and living in a place of a godly marriage and yet having failures and success. I think I talk more about my parenting through the negative than the positive of my failures because I'm sharing with you that I'm human. But I'm sharing this with you because I believe that we are God's people and God wants to show us His perfect, awesome will. And so we are going to go into a time of worship right now. And I want you just to say, Jesus, help me make this about you. Help me make my life about you. Help me make my my life, my heart, my mind, my marriage, my children, my vocation. My finances, my attitude about you. Help me make the way that I wake up in the morning about you, not about myself. So, can we do that? Let me pray, Jesus.